0: Welcome to the Brain People podcast, a show where four mental health experts team up to bring you practical tools for overcoming mental health challenges. The Brain People don't replace your doctor or therapist, but we will give you some extra tools to help you on your journey. So join us as we fight mental illness, one episode at a time. Welcome to the Brain People podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Daniel Vinus, and I'm a psychiatrist, and I'm joined by my co-host,
1: Dr. Katie Elson, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist.
0: So today we have another special episode. And um, again, this is related to a lot of what's happening in Ukraine with the trauma. And so, you know, we really wanna speak uh, to those of you who are going through trauma, but what we're going to talk about is not just relevant uh, to those of you in Ukraine, but there are many people that um, are dealing and have dealt with trauma. So um, whoever you are, Uh, this information is for you uh, that have have dealt with um, acutely stressful and traumatic situations. And we really hope that it will be helpful. Um, One of the things that we really want to hone in on today is uh, dealing with avoidance. And when we talk about avoidance, avoidance is the number one barrier to actually overcoming trauma. And so we want to look at, what that, how that can manifest itself, and also what we can do to overcome avoidance. So, Dr. Katie, could you let me know or let us know a little bit about what what we're talking about when we're talking about avoidance in the context of dealing with trauma?
1: Yeah. So, for avoidance, um, one of the criteria for PTSD or other related traumatic um, type disorders. Um, avoidance is often, uh, external, you know, avoidance of things that remind us of the trauma or internal, right. Even emotions that are brought up. And so, um, external reminders might be something of like sights, sounds, people, um, you know, anything that really reminds us internal again with those emotions, but that can then translate further into just an overall avoidance of engaging in life. And so we withdraw, right? Isolation and withdrawal is one thing that I see the most with people who have endured trauma. And so they avoid even the people that they love. So it's not just avoiding bad things or things that remind them of the trauma, but also avoiding good things. It's almost as if this, it's a natural response of when I hurt, right? I want to kind of pull within myself. I want to withdraw. I want to heal Mm -hmm. by myself, but it's actually very contrary to what we need as human beings. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's interesting because even as you're talking, I'm thinking about even like when there's an animal, like a dog or something that gets injured, oftentimes it'll withdraw and like go under a bush or something and kind of hide away and lick its wounds and um, not want to be bothered. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, for most of us, when we go through trauma, there is that almost that instinct to, like withdraw and of course to avoid like, okay, well, if I got traumatized by a hot stove, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then I'm not gonna get near, I'm gonna withdraw and I don't even wanna get near a hot stove anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But it kind of can go to the extreme because it Mm -hmm. seems like there can be maybe a good element in there. There's a reason, right? Like we learn like, oh, well, if I expose myself or I'm in a situation um, like this, then something bad could happen. Mm -hmm that can be a good thing, but it sounds like it can also become a bad thing as well.
1: And I think some people might have the question, well, why, right? If, you know, relationships are good, why am I pulling away? It's very confusing. They call it like the paradoxes of trauma Mm -hmm. where the person's so confused. Basically what trauma does is it it really shakes um, a person and their beliefs about the world, about themselves, about God, that it puts them in a state of confusion. where I don't know what to trust, I don't know what, you know, whom to trust, and so I'm just going to isolate completely. Mm. So maybe that stove, yeah, that was dangerous, but what if other things are dangerous? And so it becomes overgeneralized to things that are even good for us and therefore like the dog pulls away just not knowing what is safe and what is not safe.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I really like that analogy because it helps me understand and I hope it helps all of you listeners understand too, that again, avoidance is not all bad if there's really something that um, dangerous. is dangerous, right? Mm-hmm. Then that's a healthy thing. But if it becomes overgeneralized mm-hmm. and we start just like avoiding even thinking about what happened or talking about or connecting with people, mm-hmm. that can is and just with withdrawing overall and avoiding life, if you will, mm-hmm. that's where it really can become unhealthy. Mm-hmm.
1: And some people also withdraw and isolate out of shame. Mm. They're so ashamed with their reaction to the trauma, right? And people, when they isolate, they put on a mask. And so people around you are also suffering, but you sometimes look around and you think, oh, well, they're dealing with it. They look okay. And so I'm not okay. So I'm going to, out of shame, withdraw and, and not share. And And so then people are all wounded around you, including yourself.
0: But no one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. Everyone's pretending like it's just fine. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about overcoming this unhealthy avoidance Mm -hmm. then. Uh, What are some things that people can do?
1: Yeah. So one of the things is just talking about the trauma. So we're saying, you know, the natural reaction is not to talk about it or to isolate, but it's actually to then talk about it, right? Because there's a lot of healing in talking and processing. So from a brain standpoint, our brain needs to process the details of what's happening. Because if not, then there becomes gaps in our memory. Mm -hmm. And we start filling in those gaps with incorrect, um, distorted thoughts. Oh, it's happened because it's my fault. Or, you know, oh, God is doing this to punish us. And those distorted thoughts are actually what causes a lot of the pain and suffering after the trauma passes. It's not the actual memories themselves. And so by talking through it, you have different people being able to correct those distorted mm-hmm. thoughts of, like, oh, I think it's my fault. No, no, that's not your fault.
0: Right. And sharing their perspective mm-hmm. so that you can really come to a more full picture of what really is truth. Right. Exactly. And one of the important things that I think about, you know, in the Bible, it says that the truth will set you free, mm-hmm. right? And so it's those lies. And I, I believe that Satan tries to plant those lies, and he often uses trauma as part of that to make us confused, to make us avoid things, to make us in that fearful state. Mm-hmm. And it really enslaves us in the end.
1: Yeah. And you see time and time again natural disasters. You know, um, there are other people that come in as, you know, response teams. And what they do is they're doing just that, they're trying to help the person process what has happened by Mm -hmm. talking about
0: it. Yeah, and it's like, I've I've often thought about like, well, why do people that have been traumatized actually keep reliving the trauma? Why does that keep playing in their mind both during the day and even at Mm -hmm. night with nightmares, et cetera? And I think a big part of that is because your brain is really trying to make sense of it. It's trying Mm -hmm. to say like, okay, well, yeah, how can I wrap my mind around this literally and so that I can kind of package it and lay it to rest and Mm -hmm. move on. Yeah. And so if we don't take the time to process and really start making sense of it, our mind is gonna keep just like mm-hmm. ruminating and ruminating. And so it's kind of almost paradoxical in mm-hmm. that the 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 less we actually talk about trauma, mm-hmm. the more we're gonna- Relive it. Relive it in mm-hmm. our minds.
1: Yeah, they use the analogy of like, trauma is like you take a filing cabinet with papers and you throw it everywhere. It's just a shock. Trauma recovery is picking up those papers Filing it away, putting it in the folder, and then putting it in the back, right in your memory storage, and it just becomes a memory.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow, I love that analogy because, and 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 I love the the analogy as far as like realizing, okay, yeah, I can pick it up, but it would go a lot faster if we Mm -hmm. did it together, right? And we worked as a team to pick Mm -hmm. up those papers and file them together, and we had a way of doing that. Mm -hmm. Now, do you have any thoughts about ways that? people could practically debrief or talk about these things um, in a way that would you know, really help them to make sense of what just happened.
1: Yeah. So I think it's important of also who you talk with, mm-hmm. right? Um, if it's fear-based and everyone's just talking about the motions behind it, it can be really hard. What we're talking about, it's beneficial to talk about the details, right? What is happening? Why is it happening? Right? More so from a very objective standpoint than the subjective, very emotionally charged experience. So making sure that you're with people that you can trust that mm-hmm. would be able to do that um, instead of just kind of flaming right. Uh, providing fuel for the fire and having the flames increase.
0: Yeah, because it makes sense to me that you don't want to, you know, elevate the fear element. You don't want to elevate even the anger element. Mm -hmm. It's okay to acknowledge those emotions and to experience them Mm -hmm. and to say, hey, yeah, this is normal, but we also don't want those emotions to just like control the whole process, right? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So sometimes people have facilitators, somebody that can be able to facilitate that conversation, Um, so yes, expressing, but also when talking about the details of it, making sure that it's grounded in what has happened.
0: Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, even as far as a facilitator and if you're trying to maybe facilitate something like this, there might be certain questions that we can ask uh, one another and, uh, things like, well, you know, what, first of all, like you said, what, what happened and, Mm -hmm. and and what, how did you experience this? And where are there things that I'm Seen accurately, or maybe not so accurately, and really mm-hmm. kind of like, okay, so this is what happened now. And then maybe even in turn, like, okay, well, what does this mean for us? And kind of mm-hmm. understanding like what this is all about for mm-hmm. me in my life right now, and kind of contextualizing it and that sort yeah. of thing.
1: And also asking, why do you think it's happening? Mm-hmm. Right. Often we don't want to ask that, um, especially when it comes to God, right? Um, one of the things that people, often, like it's just natural for people to question, you know, why is this happening, right? Why are bad things happening to good people? Why God?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And we forget that God is big enough to be questioned, Yeah, and he actually wants us to wrestle with him. Mm -hmm. And so having a space where you can have that open dialogue, why is this happening, right? That can help also process mm-hmm. the trauma.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, I love that, and finding meaning I think mm-hmm. in the midst of trauma is very important. And and I think spirituality and connecting with God and connecting with other people that can strengthen our faith and believe in God as well is is huge. Mm-hmm. And you know I'm also sitting here thinking like a lot of people as they go through traumatic experiences actually find that they have strengths and they have things that Mm -hmm. they never even realized they could, could do. Mm -hmm. And, and, and maybe that would be part of what could be kind of even talked about, uh, in, in something like, well, what are some, maybe some of the strengths that I see in myself that I didn't even realize I had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And what are some of the good things that could even come out of this? Cause of course there's like a lot of horrible things that are happening, but can there still be good things that come mm-hmm. out of difficult situations? Right? And
1: highlight that in other people, mm-hmm. right? Be like, wow, you know, I saw you do this and it was amazing. Or, you know, I love how you're there for your daughter at this time, right? And highlighting that in others. Yeah. I love the verse that says, share each other's burdens mm. and then this fulfill the law of Christ, right? Yeah. We think about the law of Christ being the 10 commandments, but the law of Christ is loving one another. That's right. And so coming together, they, you know, during a natural disaster, they call it the pulling together phenomenon.
0: Mm-hmm. If you
1: look when something terrible happens, it's tragic, but you also see a lot of beauty of people coming together, sharing their burdens. When you share it, it becomes lighter.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that saying that says trials shared or halved and joy shared or doubled. And mm-hmm. there's so much truth to that. And so I think one of the main things we want all of you listeners to remember is like, yeah, even though there might be that predisposition to just avoid, to run, to not mm. talk about things and to shut down, we want to actually do the opposite. We mm. want to press together. We want to encourage one another. We want to not just pretend like everything's fine, right? Mm. But we want to process what is true, what is accurate. We want to find meaning. Mm. So other things that you would you would add?
1: Well, just, you know, emphasizing the connection piece. Mm-hmm. Um it's really important as you're wrestling with these things to 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 connect with somebody, right? Maybe you don't yes. have a community, but connecting with somebody and that takes vulnerability mm-hmm. and that can be difficult, but it's both for you and for that person um, because it's, again, it's needed for that healing. Some people say that without love or connection, it's impossible. That's right, right.
0: yeah. No, that's, that's huge and I'm so grateful that You know, even though sometimes we can be tempted to lose trust in humanity and in the world and things that are going on there, that we can always trust in God. Mm -hmm. And we can also connect with other people that, you know, no one's perfect, but there are still a lot of good people in this world. And there are a lot of people that are wanting to be there for you. You know, mm-hmm. So don't just shut those people out. And the connection piece is hugely important. And, and for all of you listeners, I really wanna remind you that you know, no trauma is bigger than God. Mm-hmm. He is bigger. And, and in reality, no trauma is bigger than you with mm-hmm. God's help, with his strength. And so keep trusting, keep growing through this because you can grow stronger. And like Dr. Katie said, stay connected And, you know, we'll work, by God's grace, we can all work through this together. So thank you for listening. And again, we're going to be continuing to pray for all of those around the world that are suffering, especially for those of you in Ukraine. Thank you. So if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this, if mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Dr. Daniel Bynas.
1: And I'm Dr. Katie Elson, and you've been listening to
0: The Brain People Podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.